Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian and Andrew, and today we are here at Reveille Barbecue, and we are here for a hog cook overnight. Yeah, we um, we got invited out, James and Michael. Uh, partnered up with Wade Elkins of uh, My Yard Reaction Barbecue, and he's currently working as the uh, pitmaster with Patrick Fegis and Aaron Smith at Fegis Barbecue. Um, they they partnered up, and they are cooking a whole hog for service tomorrow. They're going to have their normal barbecue menu, and they're going to have a uh, red wattle hog that they are cooking over live coals right now. They're actually using Patrick Fegis's old cooker to, to cook it in, so they're in the middle of uh, firing that hog right now. There we go. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, in Whole Hog and how it's really uh, becoming a Texas thing. Yeah, well, you know? I, I can't say it's becoming a Texas thing. It's already a thing that Texas is now embracing finally. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's it's like, you know, again, just seeing pulled pork on the menu, it used to not be on the menu hardly anywhere. Right, and if, it, and, and if it did, you didn't want to order it a lot of places. <laughs> and then uh, and now there's, there's more and more doing Whole Hog as events, but then uh, we've talked about them before, Bangers, which is going to be doing Whole Hog hog uh, several times a week yeah and i mean we're we're, we're texas based we love texas barbecue we love brisket beef ribs the whole deal and so it's easy to forget that pork is the number one most popular protein in american barbecue i mean it's it's not in texas i mean brisket is king beef is king but majority of the other regions and styles of barbecue in america pork is the focus of it whether that's ribs or whole hog or shoulder Um, pork is pork is king in most of the country's barbecue outside of texas you know nothing is ever going to replace brisket for me in terms of like it, you know last meal what can i have of not course, even midlands it's close but <laughs> it's, i still i mean a, a perfect and it's easy to say oh yeah i choose the the midlands of the belly of the pig now because i don't have that that often and i have right, brisket right. all the time but if you're if you're putting me on a deserted island yeah i, I think i want some brisket there right right a little little pepper though too you gotta have that yeah, so you got, you got the black pepper, which which is a kind of a fun segue into uh, what we did last weekend with uh, we dialed back our black pepper last weekend, and we amped up the sugar. Yes, we did. Um, <laughs> we we did a competition last weekend, some competition barbecue, a small non sanctioned event. Uh, we haven't done any competition in a couple of years. Uh, we've you know we've talked about this. If you've listened to our show, you know competition barbecue is not our forte. It's not our favorite thing to eat to cook to judge you name it it's just not it's not our style and it's not what we choose to spend a lot of time on and and again you know it it's i I completely respect the skill that it takes to win a competition cook definitely um it's it's a very very competitive very very narrow victory usually they're very close um but the style of barbecue is not what i would eat and that's not the intention of competition barbecue unfortunately right Right. And, and so, yeah, when we, we decided we're going to go ahead and do this competition, we haven't done it in a while. Let's challenge ourselves. You know, we try to, we try to scale back what we think of as great barbecue and what we want to cook to try to, you know, be more in that vein of what competition barbecue is. So we definitely didn't have a whole ton of coarse black pepper on our brisket. Um, our rib rub was much sweeter than the rib rub that we usually serve at our pop-ups. And we, we really did try to tailor it more to the competition crowd. Um, and this, this competition had uh, multiple, multiple categories, brisket, ribs, chicken, half chickens, um, 
dessert and an open category where you could cook pretty much anything you want as long as it was cooked on site and i think you know it had to be cooked in the same with the same rules as far as you know electricity that that sort of thing so let's kind of run down what what we cooked and yeah. and what we changed and then uh um how we did sure yeah we did uh, the open category uh, we did barbacoa, which we you know we joke all the time about how popular barbacoa has gotten and how it's become a trendy thing, and we are completely guilty of it. We are yep. on that bandwagon too. Beef cheek is the new beef rib. Yeah, we we love it. It's a great cut of meat if it's cooked well and smoked well. And so we did a uh, beef cheek barbacoa taco, and we cooked the tacos in brisket fat. Thank you, Pit Room and others who've done that well before us. Um, so we we served those, and we did a mini tortilla, I should say, because we needed to fit seven in the box for seven judges. Yeah, so we so because we're not very smart, we bought normal sized tortillas and then trimmed them to small tortillas. <laughs> That's right, and then cooked them in brisket fat <laughs> and threw away the extra tortilla because there's nothing you can do with it. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, we cooked them on a on a cast iron on the firebox. You know, we tried to keep with the spirit of the competition. Um, we served, you know, we shredded the barbacoa after we finished smoking it, cooking it, shredded the barbacoa into the taco, the traditional cilantro and onion garnish, and we also did a. Uh, green chili spicy green chili sauce or verde sauce and uh and i thought in. it was really tasty it was i thought it was too you know we we really enjoyed it i mean barbacoa if it's done well it's just it's such a rich awesome piece of beef um, we really liked it we thought it came out well um, so that was our first turn in um, we, we also had to turn in chickens half chickens um, so you know we we cooked a few you know i think two whole chickens so we had four halves just to play around is that with how that f- works for us yeah yeah, huh? yeah i think that's how it works with two <laughs> chickens if my if my math is correct yes, yes. so we you know we had four half chickens cooked those picked what brined we them we, we yeah. brined them cooked them did a pretty simple um dusting of seasoning on them mm-hmm. um n- you know nothing super fancy um thought they were very tasty but um you know, they were what they were. Yeah. I mean, it was it was good. We thought we thought I had a good amount of smoke on it. We were pretty happy with them. I mean, it wasn't the best thing in the world, but it's chicken, and it is what it is. So, yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> we turned in our chicken. We had the dessert ca- category to do, and... Yeah, so let's just overdo the dessert category, because <laughs> this is what happens when you cook with somebody that is a trained chef. So, no, you cook with someone's you know, an idiot. Instead of doing something simple or quick or easy... Um, you know, it was simple. It just wasn't quick or easy. I, I wouldn't a, even say it was simple, just because, you know. Okay, well, we first, what was it? Okay, so we did apple turnovers, um, with a bourbon caramel sauce, and and a candied pecan, and a candied pecan. And so, uh, we we I made the dough ahead of time. There was no rules against that. I made the the dough for the turnovers ahead of time, and I made the bourbon caramel ahead of time. And then on site we. Dice the apples, cook the apples again on a cast iron on the firebox uh, with some fall spices, you know, allspice, nutmeg, cinnamon, that sort of thing, and brown sugar, of course. Um, cook those, cook those down so they had a nice like caramelly glaze from the brown sugar on them, and then we rolled out our turnover dough, uh, put a little dollop of the apples in it, um, a little bit of that bourbon caramel inside for the filling. And then, you know, fold it over our, our turnovers, and then we put a little bit of cinnamon sugar on top of that. Um, cook them in the smoker. We brought we literally brought a separate smoker out here just to cook these because we needed to cook them at about 350, 400 degrees, and we weren't cooking any of our meats at that high of a temp. So we had a second pit, pit that we brought out to the site just for that. So we cooked them in a foil pan in the smoker for, uh, for about 20, 20, 30 minutes or so until we had a nice color on them. 
um, let them cool a little bit so that the caramel wouldn't run off. And then we drizzled some caramel on it, put a candied pecan that Brian made with a uh, kind of a, a Swedish. Yeah, it's a barbecue, barbecue rub, rub plus extra sugar. So it yep. was a sweet barbecue rub and then yeah. double up on the sugar. A- and then a little sidebar after we turned it in, just dipping the caramel in the, <laughs> in the pecans together was probably the best thing that we ate all day. Yes, it was good. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know, it's it, again, so I joked about it being complicated. But, you know, I just have to say, you know, the winner was, I have to, you know, <laughs> Go, we'll talk it, about the winners yes, later. Absolutely. But yeah, so the winner was a homemade Reese's cup. And um, I was curious what went into that. And I don't know, maybe they went overboard. But um, from what I read online about making a homemade Reese's cup, you take a jar of peanut butter, you take some chocolate. Um, there was actual butter. And I, there's one other ingredient. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't much. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's what won. So yeah. after doing what we did and the, the amount of effort that we went to, you know, we were, we looked at each other kind of dumbfounded. Right. And then someone else won with, I don't even remember the dish, so I don't want to get it, it was, wrong. It was cookies with pudding. And no, though, though, there was that one. And there was another one that placed. Yeah, yeah. There was three. That I, yeah. I can't remember what the exact dish was, but we both looked at each other and we're like, there's no way they cooked that on site. There's no way... In God's oh, it green was, earth. It was a cheesecake. It, it was a certain kind of cheesecake. It was like cheesecake with something else and something Tres other. Just let cheesecake. Something. I think. Or other. Yeah. They, they, sorry, they didn't cook it on site. Anyway, <laughs> is what it is. So we turned in our dessert, yeah. um, the apple turnovers with the caramel and the uh, candy pecan. Mm-hmm. Then it was on to uh, ribs and brisket. So we uh, we did a sweeter rub than we usually use on our ribs, and then we had some double back Fredericksburg peach um, honey whiskey barbecue sauce that we make when the Fredericksburg peaches come in in the summer. Um, so we had that sauce that we used to glaze onto the ribs. It had a really nice color, really pretty rib. Um, but full disclosure, we undercooked them. Yeah, and it, it was, it was I'll say it was my fault more than anything. So we were so worried about the bottoms of the ribs um, overcooking because on the grates on, on his pit gets a little warm. So I had scooted them farther away from the fire, and that's why we, the timing didn't work the way it usually does. Yeah, so, I mean, we, yeah. and we had more time to cook, and we pulled them off too soon. Um, is what it is. We're not perfect, and we'll admit when we, you know, when we don't do something They're still right. pretty tasty. They were pretty yeah. tasty, and they, you know, they had a good flavor, great color on them, good smoke. They just needed a little bit more time. Um, and, so, and turning them in, you know, it's kind of a thing. So the, the competition, even though it wasn't sanctioned, um, which is also good, they don't have to do garnish. So um, IBCA doesn't do garnish either, but you didn't have to do garnish. But competition, one of the things is very big on presentation and cutting and um, you know, I think I think we could have done a better job of of all of our dishes of really doing a little better presentation. That's a, again, it's a skill that's required for competition. Um, you you still always want to make your barbecue look good, whether it's competition right. or, or serving. But it's so much more important, right? Well, and it's and the actual way you present it is so much different than you would like. We can make a spread of barbecue that we'd serve at a pop up look pretty good. You have a whole tray, this and that. You're trying to fit seven ribs into a styrofoam box. There's a there's a there's a method to it, and there's right. a way to do it. And, and you, you know. want them to be very even, right? Uh, so we did two racks of ribs, and then tried to pick the best. I, I I don't know what the winner did, but I've seen many teams that'll do a lot more than two racks of ribs, right. so that they can get very evenly sized ribs. Because um, it, most people know, but if you don't know. A rack of ribs, every rib is a little bit different size. Right. Oh, you know, those those center cut ribs are always going to be your biggest, meatiest, thickest, longest ribs. And then obviously your your end cut ribs are going to be a little bit shorter and a little bit smaller and this, that, and the other. So on and so forth. Anyway, we turned in our ribs. We knew it before we turned it in. We're like, okay, yeah, these needed more time. And I'm sure that's what a judge is going to say too. Because especially in a non-sanctioned event where you have more of your layperson barbecue eater, 
fall off the bone is a good thing to a lot of people. Now, those in the barbecue industry know that if you have a complete fall off the bone rib, that means you've overcooked your rib. But in a competition where it's a non-sanctioned event, you're you're much better off going more towards the fall off the bone side over, of it yeah. than, than a little under. And especially unsanctioned, you've got amateur judges that that may be what they consider to be right. a perfect rib. Absolutely. So, yeah, we turned in our ribs, and the last turn-in was the brisket. Um, we cooked two briskets. Uh, they were prime briskets. We didn't go crazy with a Wagyu or anything like that. Um, but we did cook two prime briskets. And we did not inject. We did not inject. Um, this was It's a smaller judging, smaller teams. It's not, uh, you know, the brisket presumably is not going to sit there as long as it would as a big, giant sanctioned competition. Um, plus, it hurts our heart to inject a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did not inject. Like I said, we did dial back. And, the, and again, if anybody doesn't know, a lot of people will inject with beef stock, and they'll actually make... Um, different injection flavors to inject and give a beefier flavor to right. the brisket inside the brisket. Right. Um, it's just not, I, I don't know. It, it's hard. I mean, again, competition, it, it goes to a certain area and a certain type and a certain niche of barbecue. And, you know, it, it hurts us to try to do right. it. And there, yeah, like I said, there's a reason we hadn't done one in a couple of years. Yeah. And and pretty much as soon as we started doing the competition, we're like, oh, yeah, this is why we don't do competition. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, you know, when, when the, the drinking and the music started with other people and we're... Yeah, because we don't like drinking or music. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, believe it or not, you know, we, we do take these things serious. And so, um, you know, we were really focused on it. And, um if some of the people didn't even they left and never came back that night right yeah the <laughs> summer rolled cooking? in at 9 30 i said if they turn in a brisket there's not a chance in hell 9 30 in the morning that, yeah 9 30 yeah. in the morning brisket had to be turned in at 4 30 i mean they were literally pulling in pits at 9 30 in the morning yeah. and i said there's no way that they are cooking this brisket and serving it by four o'clock 4 30 anyhow so we, we again we cooked our briskets turned in you know you turn in the lean side of the brisket seven slices for the seven judges so we uh we turned in our brisket um we we thought it was decent. It was, it was okay. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't like the the bark. Yeah, I didn't like the bark at all. We tried to do some a couple of things, um, a little tricky, and it didn't didn't come out. The bark didn't look pretty. That's for sure. But I thought the flavor was there. Yeah, and again, it was you know the first bite I took. The first thing I said was, "God, I missed that black pepper," because <laughs> yeah. we dialed it way down, and we knew we had to. I mean, this is not. We're not cooking for. We even use Lowry's. We did, we did, yeah. we did, we did use Lowry's, but uh, but yeah, we we cooked the brisket pretty well. You know, pretty happy with it from that standpoint. So, finished our turn-ins, got ready for the judging, all that good stuff. Um, we placed in one category, and we got a third place in our in the open category with our barbacoa. Yay! Yay! And and then which the, is our newest thing that we're doing? Absolutely. And it was, you know, it was, and, so it was well, great. And, and I was kind of I was almost proud of it in that sense of we, we're we're not barbecue traditionalists in the way we cook we like to be creative so to win in the in the creativity category was was kind of nice um the two dishes that finished ahead of us one was pulled pork sliders which, yeah, we, which we just literally <laughs> balled out laughing yeah i was like really we our barbacoa is not as good as a pulled pork slider but yeah. okay. and, and and we pride ourselves on our pulled pork so yes. it's like that's what i was telling him so we could have just done pulled pork <laughs> Yeah. So yes, and then the the first place was something I don't even know what exactly what they made. It was like filet mignon with risotto, and yeah, I, I felt know. like I was or maybe in it was kitchen. filet mignon risotto <laughs> or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, scallops. I don't know what the heck it was, <laughs> but yeah, raw. The scallops are raw. So, so I can, that, I can that, that's Brian's good, terrible yeah, British. I accent. cannot do a good. I can do a British accent, but I just <laughs> I'm not thinking of it for some reason. I've never had a beef rib at a British so, restaurant. So yes, we. Uh, we, we did finish, you know, got third place in the open category. We we're happy with it. Again, we had fun Donkey. with it. 
We had a good time. We probably will not be doing any competition again in, in the near future. Maybe not. I, I, I still have my eyes on a chili cook-off. Yeah, whatever. Because I don't have enough hobbies. So I I, um, I judged a chili cook-off. Nick Rama um, hollered out and said, hey, they needed some judges. So I went to judge, and, and there's a chili. It's called CASI. Um, Chile, Chile something Society International, Chile Appreciation Society International, <laughs> the International um, Dodgeball Association of America. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Was it Average Joe's? Yes. Um, so it, it was interesting because I got to judge it, and the first and and Sean was undead, and first thing we both looked at each other and said we could do better than this. Um, so unfortunately, I've gone down the the wild and crazy path of trying to do chili now. So, so, so for all of you listeners out there, <laughs> I want at least one email sent to us every month asking if Brian has entered a chili cook-off. All right, you what? <laughs> now, I've done, and I've done, to, to experiment, what I did was um, uh, Wyatt works at Reveille, and he brought home some pulled pork, and uh, I did a, a pulled pork green chili, chili, which would not be, uh, you know, they use beef there. They use ground beef in the in the chili cook-off. But I was playing around, and I, I Googled and found a Terlingua chili winning recipe and got some ideas from that and, and went out and um, changed it because, of course, I, I can't just follow directions. Um, and I really liked it. I thought it came out pretty well. Um, before, when we did chili last year, and Andrew did a, a Four Horsemen chili powder. And so I, I think if we combine that... Um, with a few other things, I, I think we could turn out some really good chili. But so, yeah, anyway, <laughs> again, the first of every month, I want an email from a yes. listener asking if Brian has entered a chili contest, and okay. we're going to see how many emails we amass before this actually yes, happens. Yes. What what I did like is that it, it's kind of like the State Cookoff Association, which is really gaining a lot of ground. Um, you can show up that morning, and and most people bring like Coleman. Little yeah, Coleman yeah, camp Coleman stoves. stoves, yeah, yeah, and they they make the chili on site, and so it's it's something you can set up that morning, cook, get judged that afternoon, and be done with it. You don't have to. I mean, what we brought to this cook-off, this was a, this is not a sanctioned cook-off. So what we brought to this cook-off, I mean, we we I actually we needed a trailer because my son sold our truck, so we didn't have a truck. So I, I bought Sounded a like a country song. Here I, know, I rode my truck and I ran over my dog and my grandma's in jail. Um, so I sang that song somewhere that won't be mentioned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Terry and Jimmy know what I'm talking about. And Chris and, and Eric Chris and, and Andrew Eric. and a couple other people <laughs> yeah. who we won't name. Yes. Um, anyway. Um, so I, I bought a four by eight, trailer that you have to assemble at harbor freight um i bought a generator um <laughs> just because we wanted to run our alto sham so that we could hold our hold and store our meat which was a really good idea but there's a lot of stuff to try to get together we had to make two trips from andrew's house because the trailer could only hold so much um it, it was it was really a huge effort and the expense that we put in for the food again it, it blows me away to think about people that do you know sanctioned competitions how much effort goes into it and how much cost goes into yep. it it's, it's really and impressive money and, and energy that goes into these cook-offs is, is crazy yeah and so um you know it 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 made us humble again around cook-offs and and i i may not have given up on it but it goes back to you know do we want to drop 500 to 1500 dollars on a weekend um and and not sell the food and not enjoy the food that we eat and it's just so much effort Uh, we honestly can spend as much or less money and do a pop-up and make money serving food that tastes better to be honest yeah we like to eat yeah i mean to us it's an easy decision because like i said competitions are our thing for a lot of people out there that is their thing and if you enjoy it 
by all means, do it. Let us know how you're doing it. I mean, we're, we're interested in yeah, the field of it. Yeah, we respect it, and, and, I, and I, I can't say it enough. I mean, really, it, it is very competitive. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of skill, but it's a very targeted, very narrow type of food. Yep. All right, well, we've got a lot of guests that are outside here, uh, kind of enjoying the festivities of the hog cook. Let's go and grab a guest, and, uh, and let's, uh, let's chat with them for a bit and see what they've got going on. Sounds good. Hey, we're here with Austin Moore from Tejas Chocolate and Barbecue. Howdy, Austin. Howdy. All right, Austin, tell us a little bit about um, how you got involved with Tejas and what you're doing there. Uh, well, uh, I had went through I went through a divorce in 2016, and I came home, and my dad looked at me. He said, uh, "Have you found a job yet?" And I said, "No." He said, "Well, come up here on Tuesday at about 10:30. I got something for you." So I started as a dishwasher about about two years ago and now um i uh help run the front of the house basically take care of the coffee the tea interact with customers get us all shaped up in line in the morning i try yep sometimes there's <laughs> there's little bumps that i hit you know i mean everything doesn't go as according to plan but sometimes it does sometimes it don't and, and it's one of the things that's um somewhat unique is that tejas chocolate has a golden ticket system um, so on Saturdays, you guys have tickets out front that people can pick up and reserve their place in line. It's pretty that, cool. That is true. That's, and uh, and I have actually uh, tuned that system a little bit better than it used to be because it used to be a little bit crazy where people would just, you know, I'd call in like 1 through 10 or something and, you know, there'd be 12, 13 in the middle <laughs> of the line, you know. And so I have, to, I have to go out 10 minutes prior to opening and uh, line them up in order, yeah, one matter, through 20. As a matter of fact, my wake-up call this morning was a 7.30 text from Brian <laughs> saying, ha-ha, bitch, I'm number four. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yes, yes. And and Nick was number seven today. So Yeah, Nick um, was number seven, and uh, I believe Caroline was, what, number nine, number eight? Eight. Eight, right behind them, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and so what you can do, just as a pro tip, if you're going to Tejas Chocolate, you can go by before opening, and you can pick up one of these tickets, and you can leave the property. Um, as long as you get back about at least 15 minutes or so before they open, um, they'll wrangle you in line, and then uh, you get to go in, and you can you can hold up to six people in line for one ticket. So it's a pretty cool deal. Um, it's a good way to not have to sit there for three or four hours before they open. Um, they only do about 20 of these tickets, um, and you've had guys come as early as maybe 5 a.m., I think? Uh, we actually six. had a group of people come and sit in the parking lot at about Four forty-five in the morning, oh. <laughs> and that was about three weeks ago. And uh, they had an argument, or well, I wouldn't say it was an argument. It was really a dispute whether who was first in line. But they ended up getting number two. So that was a fun fiasco right there in the morning <laughs> for my dad in the morning. So what's kind of one of the things that you were surprised by in the barbecue world? Like now that you've entered it, that you maybe didn't consider before you really gotten headfirst into this. Uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting is like I found out like on Facebook is I post start posting pictures of food from Tejas and doing it also on Instagram and getting all kinds of followers and and stuff like that and just getting to know other barbecue people around the, city the barbecue Houston. community and yeah. yeah 
the, the outreach that we've seen, and it seems to just be growing and growing about like people, whether they're in Texas, out of Texas, connecting through Instagram, social media, and, and going and visiting each other and kind of trying each other's barbecue out. And it's it's kind of cool to see the you know the mutual respect that goes on between different barbecue joints that may not have known each other other than seeing, hey, your brisket looks good today, or hey, those ribs that you made look great. And it's it's kind of been one of the nice things about barbecue. I mean, there's still there's still some trolling that goes on, but that's the internet. You know, there's still you know a lot of stuff that goes on on the internet that's good, just crazy. Good natured ribbing, but but know, there's yeah. there's there's a lot of mutual respect between the guys that are doing it right and working hard and and just appreciating each other. And so it's kind of cool for for us to get to see that, and I'm sure it is for you too. Yeah, it is. It's actually pretty cool because I had I had met a guy. I, I think he was probably in about I think he was about probably in his like early twenties and stuff like late twenties, early thirties. And uh, he drove all the way from Tennessee, actually, from uh, Blake's Barbecue in Tennessee. And he came down and gave I know me him. a... Uh, <laughs> was, was Blake himself, yeah? Uh, yeah, 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 it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, good Blake guy. and Abby and Bobby, they, they all yeah. came out there. Yeah. yeah, they all came out there and had lunch. And uh, Shout out and to Blake's Barbecue. Uh, yep. They said uh, the food was good. And he said that it had been a long time coming for him to want to come down here and try it. So he finally came down and tried it and said he'll be back for sure. So that's kind of neat. Awesome, yeah. Blake's Blake's a good guy. We we interact with him all the time on Instagram. You know, he's doing uh, doing Texas barbecue up in western northwestern Tennessee of all places, um, and doing pastrami too, which is kind of unique. Yeah, you know, I for saw that, that area. recently too. That's he's doing a fantastic job, and I give that guy props for what he's doing over there. And uh, I'm planning on making a road trip sooner or later and go up there and support that guy pretty awesome. soon. Nice. So as as um, Taos continues to evolve, you know we've we've had um, Scott Gregel on the show and and, and talked to them about uh, you know the the upcoming bakery and and how in the deli slash bakery, and we know that that they you guys have started doing klobosniks. Um Other than uh, um, you know how is how is barbecue changing in your opinion from traditional to where you are today to maybe where you're going to be in a few years? Like just where do you see barbecue going? Um. You can I just mean, say burnt ends if you want. Well, I mean, yeah, I could say <laughs> burnt ends. All, I could say burnt ends all day, but you know, I won't say that just because. Uh, what's interesting for us really is seeing us take the sausage that we make and turning it into a klobuchnik, and then turning it into a quiche or you know something of that nature. And it's just amazing to see the community of people just come out from everywhere. We had a guy come by. Uh, a couple days ago from Arizona and said just literally flew right off the plane came over here and had to come try our barbecue right then and there and he said that that was the best barbecue he's ever tried anywhere it's great stuff and and that sausage I mean the chili relleno sausage is already gaining a lot of popularity and you guys were at the Texas Monthly Fest and a lot of people got to sample it there but um, you know like you said you're doing the klobosnik um, there's now the new sandwich, which is called the Good Texan, that mm-hmm. has um, the sausage plus a fried egg on it. Um, and then, um, as you mentioned, the quiche that I think Michelle's playing around with and some other things that you guys can do with that. Um, is that, I, I guess that's kind of the evolution of Tejas as you guys are going to go forward with, with the deli slash bakery is, is integrating that into it. 
Um, you know, what do you think about other meats as, you know, uh, obviously brisket is king in Texas. We we're here, uh, cooking this, um, well, actually Wade's cooking it. We're just watching <laughs> with this, this hog. Um, what do you see as far as meats? And, you know, you guys started doing barbacoa as well, I believe, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, we've been, actually, they've been doing barbacoa for quite a while and, um, they just started doing it on Tuesdays a lot more now for, taco tuesday but not only that we're also selling it to caroline's kitchen for them to make tamales out of along with briskets and stuff like that and i find us selling briskets a lot more to other people as well including including every bellies because they do spuds all day and stuff like that so they buy every bellies is a is a um, primarily baked potato restaurant in town hall well it is but they're also growing in their aspect of food wise too because they're doing hamburgers now which is 44 farms hamburgers nice so i haven't yet tried that but i'm willing to wanting Mm. to go do it so but they're buying at least three or four briskets a week or something like that so they're doing pretty good for themselves. Very cool. So yeah. kind of branching out as well, which, yeah. is, which is great. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that a lot in barbecue of you know of, of partnering partnering with other restaurants of you know, hey, I'll, you know, we'll give you X number of briskets. You'll put it on a pizza or on a burger or whatever, what have you. And it's it's kind of neat to get that. And we had that last year with uh, Corkscrew did a did a brisket burger with uh, with a burger place that's inside of a rock climbing gym yeah, and, yeah. in spring and I mean it's just you're well seeing, now they're partnering with Austin Simmons and they're doing a lot at, at Trees yeah yeah I mean that's it's just a, a lot of collaboration going on in the in the restaurant world and it's crossing over with the barbecue world and it's fun for people like us to get to try those different preparations and it's not just a slice of brisket on a butcher paper which don't get us wrong we love but it's cool to have those different experiences too yeah and it's cool for it's cool for us to see um, like like today for instance we had uh food paradise out there filming today and that was something new for us and we you know them zooming in on our sandwich and wanting to key in on the brisket and blue sandwich which is one of my favorite That's sandwiches a phenomenal on the menu. sandwich absolutely the, phenomenal. the good texans also another is another good sandwich but i tried it uh not too long ago and actually put pulled pork on top of that with the ranchero sauce, which is honestly, I call it the filthy Texan. <laughs> but, you know, we don't have a button the in the The dirty Texan. For, yeah, I mean, well, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> so it works. And and let's go over those sandwiches real quick. So so the good Texan is a new sandwich, and it is it is the chili relleno sausage with a fried egg on, on your buns, which are And toasted, ranchero sauce. And ranchero sauce. Um, the brisket and blues, which which just blew me away, and I know it blew Allison Cook away as well. Um, the it's, brisket and it, blues. I think it's my wife's favorite barbecue sandwich, yeah, too. It's yeah. my, mine as well, both my wife's and mine. Um, the brisket and blues is, is however you want your meat. I prefer, obviously, in-cut fatty sliced brisket, but you can have it any, any type of brisket yeah, that you want. Sliced or chopped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, then, then it has blue cheese crumbles. Um, it has the cherry tomatoes. It has the, the uh, red onions. And am I missing anything? I think that's it. Uh, no, actually, the the brisket and blue is is uh, comes on a brioche bun with the, which is like a uh, blue cheese, almost like a blue cheese butter. So we put that on the bottom, and then you can put any kind of way brisket you want on there: chop, slice, moist, lean, whatever, and. Uh, Red onions, tomatoes, and and blue cheese crumbles on top. And yeah, that's, it is so good. And, that's, and you know, that's I usually don't tell sandwich. people to order the sandwich; order the brisket instead. But that is a sandwich that is just it's, continually yeah. stands out. Yeah, like as as when the when the uh, good Texan came out, I found myself actually uh, recommending that sandwich a lot more over the brisket and blue sandwich, just because. The Chilorano sausage has, you know, the white queso pepper jack cheese and the roasted poblanos, 
and uh, the fried egg on top. And people look at me when I tell them that they look at me and they go, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm serious. You you have to try that sandwich because yeah. it's it's a really good sandwich." But I tried it with the sausage, the pulled pork, the fried egg, and the ranchero sauce. And and I tell you what, that is that is a really good sandwich to try if. You get a chance to come hack, out. And hack the menu. Yeah, I like well, it. We had yeah. that. We had to do a sausage hack tonight. Actually, I had Brian pick me up a link of chili ranch. You know, yes, to, to this morning because he was out there. And I said, "I'll bring it out to me when I get out to Reveille for the hog cook." And so he brings it out to me cold. So, <laughs> so we decided that we we're going to warm it on the shovel inside the burn barrel. Yeah. So we're finding innovative ways to reheat our barbecue now. But that that sausage is just incredible, and the roster sandwiches, the burden bacon. You know, it's exactly the house prime. I mean, there's oh man, the house uh, prime. I forgot the Tejas menu is just it's it's hard to beat because there's so much on it that's just top notch. All right, well, Austin, we thank you for joining us on this one. Um, Looking forward for tomorrow when we get to eat this hog that Wade and James and crew are cooking. Um, We've got another uh, eager guest sitting here next to here, so we'll uh, we'll let Mr. Nick Rama jump on the mic here. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, hope to see everybody out at Tejas next week. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, and just like you said, just like magic, here is Nick Rama. How you doing? And, Nick, you are doing a million things. Um, Do you have a a job other than all the other things that you do? I do. I'm an optician by day. (laughs) Really? You know, I was a certified optician. Really? Yeah, I worked for uh, Lens Crafters and Eye Masters back in the day. I worked for Eye Masters also. Um, wow, that's very. I have some friends that still do. That's you know one of the many millions of jobs that I've had. That's right. Yes, yes. I was a certified optician, ran the lab, and and all that good stuff. Uh, so you actually have a full time job, and that blows me away because you are just everywhere in food, at least on the north side. Um, so you run multiple Facebook groups. You want to uh, talk about those just for a moment? Okay, my main one is uh, Nick's Local Eats, and um, that encompasses everything. A lot of soft openings, tastings, of course, barbecue. Um, we spun that off into Q Up the Burgers, the letter Q, Up the Burgers. That's got a slow start, but that's me and my son, Zach, basically looking for the best barbecue joints in Texas and burgers. And you've been around quite a bit. Mm. So let's talk about some of the, the memorable barbecue that you've had so far. The beef rib at Louis Mueller. That's always it's uh, mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, if you if you ever eat a beef rib, or if you ever want to eat a beef rib, if you're a, a newcomer to Texas barbecue, you have to go to Louis Miller and get a beef rib. I mean, there's other places. Um, yeah, including the, if his, you were going to make a bucket list of barbecue items, the, the Louis Miller beef rib would be very high on that list of. It's a religious experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and the whole the whole experience mm-hmm. to your point, right? A- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, Truth Barbecue. Um, I did two Father's Days ago. Uh, my wife asked me what I wanted for Father's <laughs> Day. I said I want the truth, <laughs> and everything was just on point. Yeah. It, it, end to end, it's it's one of my two favorite barbecue joints. And, and then there's cake. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And then like, if you don't fill up enough on meat and sizes, yeah. there's giant slices of cake. And, and you have to eat the cake. You and, just and, have to. And, and because we, we like to annoy Leonard to no end, Truth is eventually opening in Houston. They are. They're it's, actually hiring people. I know. I, know. Yes, I, I just yes. like to tease Leonard every chance <laughs> I can get. But yes, Truth Barbecue in Houston is going to be a thing. They are Lines hiring. are going to be really long. Yeah. They, which is great. And yeah. then there's the news of uh, Papa Delta Blues in the Woodlands. Yeah, so a, a new location, or did you say a pop-up? A uh, new location. They're be taking Bob's. 
old uh, Bob Steakhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm my, my company is moving not far from the woodland, so yeah. there we go. And I, I have yet to have Delta Blues. Unfortunately, it's so far away. It is. Um, and I have to drive past so many great barbecue joints to get yeah. there that that's my problem is I usually don't make it that far. Right. Um, unfortunately for me also, that's Killens because Killens is great. But, I you know, these days, the, the state of barbecue in Houston is such that I've got to drive past so many places that I usually don't make it that far. Um, so you've been to Delta Blues? I have. Uh, we hit it on the way back from uh, a little family Galveston trip. Nice. Um, it's it's really nice. I mean, their pimento cheese appetizer is fantastic. Okay, well, you know, we have to We're talk the, about, uh, uh, and he's temporarily closed, but Friedman's um, Barbecue, and they have a killer yeah, a, a killer. Uh, yeah, this is pimento there. cheese with the those little fiery Louisiana crackers and a sausage, and, and it's served on a little tray. And man, <laughs> so, what so, what else there? That, uh, the brisket was on point. Um, well, pork was okay, and um, the sausage is great. Um, I think they're using two or three different companies like Creekstone and Snake River Farms, and so they're using high end. It's nice because it's weighted service, which I think will really do well in the woodlands. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, I mean, don't don't write this off as a as a Papa's barbecue. No, this is a it, completely different yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you know, you've had multiple food critics, barbecue critics, that have gone there and had really great experiences. I know Daniel Vaughn's written written very uh, nice things about them. Allison Cook, I know, had a really good experience there as well. So. It's one of the ones that's been on our list for a while. We just haven't gotten there yet. Maybe with it in the woodlands, it'll yeah. be easier for us to get it, to. So. It's a lot yeah. more expensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do pay. I mean, it's sit down service, know, as you said. Yeah. You know. And we don't need to go a whole sideways. But, but barbecue as a whole has gotten more expensive. It has. I mean, you're seeing $22 a pound. Um, there was a place to, recently with burn-ins. And if you calculate it out by the pound, it was $36 a pound for burn-ins. Um, you know, barbecue, by nature of both popularity and the source pricing, has has increased, and so um, it's it's a little sticker shock for people that are used to small town barbecue, um, and and we also respect small town barbecue. So, and I, and I have to say it. I mean, Wayne Baker at Baker Boys charcoal is using charcoal, but it's $14 a pound mm-hmm. uh, for brisket. And so... Oh, and I think even you know, City great. Market is like $14 a pound yeah. in Luling still. So yeah, the small town places are still keeping those prices down for the most part, but anywhere in and around a big city, you're paying big city rent. you got big city pricing and on 20 is usually about the bottom end It now. is. Yeah. It is. It's just the state of where barbecue is right now. Um, so Nick, now that you're going around trying to find your favorite barbecue in Texas, what are some of the things that you look for to you? What is What makes a place great for you? I eat... Well, barbecue is expensive for the most part. So I try to do a three-meat plate because I can only eat so much. It's just me and my son usually. He's more turkey. Um, There's some great barbecue turkey. Oh, there's really good turkey. Um, Actually, Reveille is doing some fabulous turkey. Um, So, you know, if I can't afford to get a lot or if I don't have a bunch of people with me, I do the Texas Trinity. And base it on that. Heavily weighted on brisket, of course. And it, it, it's a good way to do it. Um, and I was doing that for a long time. And un- unfortunately, there's so many great meats and so many good sides and yeah. It, then, you, then you have a hard time drawing that line of you know, oh, I was only going to get this, but they also yeah. are known for this, yeah. this, yeah. and this. Yeah. And like, and, before you know it, you're just like, oh my god. And that <laughs> one, I go, I call this guy named Barbecue Brian, 
and I said, "Hey, what do I need to get there?" <laughs> <laughs> and and you know whether it's me or whether you Google it or whatever, it, it's a it's a thing. Make sure you go know what they're known for and what their specialty exactly. is because it, it drives me crazy when we see people that go eat somewhere and they don't eat what that place is known for. Right. It's like you you know you mentioned the Texas Trinity and there's some places. You know, it, look, commercial sausage is perfectly fine, but if they don't make their own sausage, but sure. maybe they specialize in barbacoa, as an example, you want to make right. sure you try or, that, you know, or that like item. Going to Snows and not having the pork steak. Oh, like, gosh. I mean, that, that just blows my mind. The pork steak's amazing at Snows. The barbacoa at Vera's, if you go down to Brownsville. I mean, there's so many of those signature items at places. You know, if you didn't order the beef rib at Louis Miller, I yeah. mean, there's just, there's certain things that you've got to get no matter what, you know. Uh, my last trip, Valentina's, the breakfast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. real deal Holyfield taco. Yep. Smoked chorizo. Yeah. Like, I was like, Valentina's is just crazy. And, oh, and then his, his Sunday barbacoa was made. And yeah. <laughs> and the tortillas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. it's simple. Well, it's not simple, but it is simple you would think something like just the tortilla is right. it it helps make that item that that whole taco is just mind-blowing there yeah. um phenomenal stuff yeah i mean mind-blowing tacos the pit room yes yes so yeah. pit room's another one yeah, the, that chicken the taco grilled with the chicken. grilled cheese yeah. and i mean <laughs> come on <laughs> rendered brisket fat in the tortilla yeah. like you evil genius <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and we have we have done that now because it is so good yeah um, and you're seeing that more you're seeing duck fat tortillas oh, you're yeah. seeing a, a lot of that now, more which is more great and, oh yeah you know, as as barbecue continues to evolve um, you know, you mentioned, you know, you like to get the Texas Trinity. And we just talked about kind of how there's places that have so many options. It's hard to settle on just that, yep. which is, is wallet busting sometimes. Um, a little shocking, actually. Yes. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I'm like, $50 for lunch. Um, you know, you could go to a steakhouse for mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, you think about it, this is prime beef a lot of times. Not everywhere, but it's prime beef. And, uh, you know, it does cost money and it does take a lot of effort. does take a lot of resources. Um, but, you know, to your point... Um, that's a good way to go and just get a sampling um, as long as you do some research and make sure that they don't specialize in something else. Um, you know, what else have you had that really just jumps out at you? Um, really like the chicken at Baker Boys. The uh, stuffed chicken leg? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a perfect example yeah, of something yeah. that Wayne specializes yeah. in. Yeah. And then... Um, Trying to think off the top of my head here. <laughs> any any particular sausage standouts on your trips? You know, after having Tejas chili rano <laughs> sausage, <laughs> it, it's so funny because every time I see someone post about it on Instagram, I keep worrying that it's going to eventually get to the point of overhype. But then I eat it again. I know, and I'm like, it's no, so it's still that dang good. <laughs> Blood Brothers, it, you know what they're doing with some some of their sausage. Yeah, um, I can't wait for them to open up yeah. the brick and mortar. It's going to be great. Um, that. They had a Thai one, the green curry. Yeah, they did that for, I yeah. think, one of the festivals recently, too. Yeah, for the third down, I yeah. think. I mean, that was incredible. And how about how about a, uh, a reasonably priced place that you really like? Um, I would say Southern Q. Southern Q. And Southern Q is um, in North Houston. Yep. Um, they're moving. Yeah, yes. They're opening a new location. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. moving to a new location. Uh, well, I think he told me that they're going to try to keep both. Oh, Great. Yeah. Even better. Yeah, yeah I mean, with Steve and Charisse, um, yeah. just... Super nice people. We love going there. They've been on the show before. Um, big fans of what they do. Um, and yeah, the, yeah, they do have a great price menu. The value there is, their, is excellent. Their new sausage is great. It's like a Creole or Cajun spicy sausage. Yeah, and those yeah. firecrackers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the boudin and the firecrackers. The boudin and the firecrackers. Yeah. Yes. You can't beat them. 
Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you so much. Hey, um, we, thanks, we, guys. We love what you do in the community, in the food community. Nick's Local Eats, if you're not following along, yep. you need to Facebook, be following along. Yeah, go to Facebook, yeah. and it's Nick's Local Eats, and queue up the burgers. Yep. Yeah. And so, Nick, good luck on your, your travels through barbecue. Keep us updated on anything that's Definitely. standing out to you. And, uh, and yeah, we, we meet each other all the time. So. <laughs> and thanks for putting all the good work in that y'all do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Right. It's fun and fattening work. It is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, I'm going Nick. on the barbecue diet next year, too. Yeah, sure we are. That's another thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Well, thank you for our guests on this one. Um, we had a great time out here tonight, just kind of hanging out with some of the uh, some of the crowd, some of our friends around here. Yeah, very cool watching this uh, the process. You know, we we got to do it on the road trip a little bit, but not to actually watch the the beginning of the process. Right. Yeah. It's it's we're having a lot of fun learning more about whole hog cooking. I mean, we were far from experts on it, but we're we're having fun learning and getting to see more and more of it. And you know, it's. It's good to explore, explore those different parts of barbecue, and so we're uh, we're going to keep doing that and uh, keep bringing you more episodes. And thanks to everyone for listening to this one. Um, please Absolutely. follow us along social media at BBQ Podcast on Twitter at Tales from the Pits on Instagram. Um, listen, rate, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. Uh, we love it when we get new ratings. Let us know how we're doing. So we appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon. See y'all. <laughs>